Blog Talk Radio. up world it's yours truly the gap to guru of gumbo back at it once again with the gumbo talk show it is eight o'clock on thursday night i'm in the kitchen once again and i i, I look forward to tonight's to tonight's topic and um hopefully you and i will gather something uh from this uh, conversation that we're going to have tonight that will make you better and make you realize some things that will put you on a path of growth and development where you will um, be able to function and help others around you function. Now, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention, but there have been some talks of, with the new president uh, elect going to the office of cabinet picks. And since we're talking about mental health tonight, the HHS secretary is an attorney general from California. Don't know his background. His name is Berserga or Bersera, whatever. I can't pronounce it anyway, but it sounds Latin. And he's uh, been tapped to take the helm of that. Now, when you see all of these uh, proposed cabinet picks, not all of the people will necessarily be confirmed. Uh, they could. Usually they are. But some of them find better things to do. But if you're not paying attention in 2020 to politics, um, there's a problem. Because coming out of this last four years with this dude that's been in the White House, it has taught us that certain people in leadership roles can impact us here on the ground in a very real way. And it has been so negative and unhelpful and unhealthy the last few years that now your your your, your senses ought to be keen to what's going on all the way up the ladder of government. My uh, issue with news and TV has still not changed. I still don't do TV. I watch movies and things like that, but I, I don't watch news. I don't watch regular TV. And I'm like seven, six or seven years in to no TV. And it's been wonderful. I get more reading done. There's more things to do, like make money, than to watch TV. So just kicking off tonight as we get into the topic of mental health care, remember this thing is all the way up and all the way down on how it impacts us as individuals on the planet. And we, we need to be aware that decisions made in boardrooms affect us here on the ground level. 
And so tonight with me as we delve into mental health care, I have a former coworker, old friend, Kim King with the Mental Health Corner, which is her page on Instagram. It's at the Mental Health Corner. Um, go, like, share, and follow her there so that you can get some tips and pointers that she puts out uh, from time to time in regards to your mental health care. Kim, thank you for uh, joining me tonight for the Gumbo Talk. Um, anything you want to tell the people before we go into talking about mental health care? Um, no, I'm, I'm happy to be here tonight. Hopefully I can answer some questions, and um, hopefully we'll feel better when we leave tonight than when we came. Yeah. And those of y'all that are thinking I'm live, for some reason, I can't go live. I got a brand-new computer yesterday, and I give it evidently, I don't know, it was ready earlier. I don't know what's going on. So Facebook won't be on for me. Kim, are you live on your Facebook? Yes, I am. I'm live on the Mental oh. Health Corner page, if anybody would like to join. Okay, good, good. The Mental Health Corner page on Facebook, good. That's what I'm going to start uh, pushing, and I'm going to probably go to it since mine is alive, and I'm okay. I'm okay with it not being live. I'm going to go there and share it. So, okay, um, one of the big reasons, you know, we talk about, that's why this is called the Gumbo Talk Show, because we talk about so many different things over so many different genres each week. It could be talking about cars one week and hearts the next week. But tonight we're talking about mental health because I've had uh, some close friends as of late having to deal with uh, mental health issues. And they put off him addressing their issues mostly because of the stigma that people tend to uh, put on folks when it comes to mental health. Um, and I'm glad that they're finally getting the help that they need on some medication in therapy. Um, what, what do you think, Kim, about people, and, and, I, and I hate to go there for those of y'all that don't understand that I am a black man, so I can't help but think about my own culture. Um, what, are you, what is your take, Kim, on people looking at the stigma and it deterring them from seeking help with maybe an issue, not necessarily all of it mental health, but maybe an issue. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think, and, and I too, um, for everybody here, just, you know, um, I hope that what I say can help impact everybody. Um, but obviously as a black woman, I speak, um, at, in that, um, my own community as well. Um, because that's where I get most of my questions. That's where I get, uh, those are the people who are around me and that I generally help the most. Um, so for me, I, I stigma, it's just, um, it's been with us for so long. Um, I, I don't, I couldn't even really go back. I don't think in history, um, to give 
or pinpoint a time, at, not to say that it became a stigma, but that it was just ingrained, I believe, uh, throughout, you know, from slavery. Why? Because we didn't have anybody, there wasn't no going to talk to anyone. Um, so those who believed in God, praise to God. Um, those who didn't did whatever, you know, they did to get through, but we didn't have anything like that. And even coming out of slavery into freedom, as we say, um, we still didn't. And so we lean and depend on God and Jesus and our our um, spirituality and religion for those things. And I think even in 2020, um, we're still dealing with that. Mm-hmm. I I think that it's what, what I guess you could say um, culture, and that lends itself to religion, mores, folkways. Um, but so many people are getting away from our traditions and paying attention to the internet like Google and so on and so forth to answer questions uh, about their conditions. And although Google is a, a, a good place to start a professional that can delineate between the, I don't know how many kinds of depression there is in the new DSM-5 and how many forms of bipolar and uh, schizotype uh, forms of mental health there are out there. But you and I both know there's not just one cookie-cutter depression, one cookie-cutter mood disorder, one cookie-cutter personality disorder. But with all right. that, when you got issues, people go to Google, but they don't really get like the precise care they need from a mental health professional. What, what do, you, do you think there's a trust issue with the mental health and probably other professions um, nowadays? No, it is. It is. And I, and I think, uh, again, I think it's always been that way as far as trust. Um and I, I'm going to say that it, it's probably a little bit worse now due to the pandemic, due to the last four years of what's been going on in America. Um, I would say the trust may even be worse. Um, and often when people come to me, they they often say, you know, we're looking for a black therapist. It's just they just do because when black people come to them, that's what they ask. You know, I really would like to talk to somebody black. Well, Part of that is because a part of our mental health issues come from racism. And most black people probably don't feel like a white person can, they want to talk to a white person about racism. Um, and that's a part of it. And that's a, that's the part of the trust. Can I trust you to tell me the right thing if you're not a black person? Um, you know, we're, we're still dealing with all kinds of issues, um, Right now with the vaccine, you know, are we going to take the vaccine or are we not because we know what happened at Tuskegee? Um, I think those things will always always be with us. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I created the page 
for free information. You don't have to ask me any questions. You don't have to see my face or anybody else. That it, that that social media is there for people to be able to see things, read things, ask questions without having to uh, be embarrassed by it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you're not always going to Google because Google is not where you need to go. I'm just going to be honest about that. <laughs> and those are just some of my those are some of my thoughts about it. Right, right. I, I the, the, these people that I know that um, I've had, you know, over the years of being here in East Texas, I've had. I, I guess it's the pleasure and privilege of having different sets of friends over the years. I kind of, you know, gravitate. One maybe because sometimes I'm an asshole, but then two, it could be that I just don't pull any punches and a lot of people don't like folks to just you know give it to you might say i might say something to you that you wouldn't expect somebody to say but you know it's the truth but nobody else wants to say it i'm that person right in the room right and but the people that i the people that i know now they don't even know me from working mental health which is what a majority of people know me from and so they don't have a clue that when i tell them hey look you might want to go call, you know, 1-800-832-1009. They're like, how do you know that number? I'm like, probably because I shared it with uh, thousands of people <laughs> over a uh, 16-year span in, in that career. Um, right. And so they don't realize that I'm coming from a place of, of personal knowledge and lived experience uh, as a mental health yeah. professional. But here, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that even if you're black and you're talking to people that look like you, still a lack of trust. But on top of that, I think it's also because, like you said, w- w- some people don't even know about the Tuskegee experiment, but they, they right. know about how people are treated differently. And I guess that's the thing for stigma I wanted to talk about um, as it's 8.15, y'all, and you guys are tuned into the Mental Health Corner and the Gumbo Talk Show collaborating. Um, I, I guess what I would like to know from your perspective is, okay, all these things going on, uh, uh, you got people that look like you now, there's more than ever um, that look like us in this profession. People still have a lack of trust. If they don't really follow culture, um, because, like, it's either music defines your culture or what you watch on YouTube, whatever way, whatever one comes first. But I, what I want to know from you, Kim, is the people that you've seen um, in your line of work now, what do you think is the pressing issue? Is, is there one or is there a few that lead folks to needing, like, immediate or acute level uh, mental health care in East Texas? Is there anything that's a trend you see going on? Um, Yes, absolutely. Um, And there are probably a couple of things that stand out to me uh, right now. Um, (laughs) The first one is going to be, um, I would say, uh, let me see how I can explain this. So 
there there is a trend of or brief psychotic breaks, and you know what I mean when I say that. So what what that looks like for me when people are coming in on is that they know that they're stressed out in life. Um, they know why they're stressed out. They know that they have many stresses. But what they can't figure out is why they can't figure out how to handle it by themselves. They can't figure out what, it, basically that, like, why can't I handle it myself? What's wrong with me? Why am I crying? Or why am I sad? Or why am I sleeping so much? Or why am I irritable? Why am I so angry? Because you're depressed. And depression is the last thing at the bottom of the list that we think about when we wonder what's wrong with us. So oftentimes people will come there, and when when I see them, they're, they're at their wit's end. Um, and they're often angry that they're there because they still mm-hmm. feel they should be able to handle it. Um and I don't say that as just culturally. It's culturally. It's not just black. Um, I think it is in the American fabric of, of mm-hmm. individualism and capitalism <laughs> that mm. people believe we're supposed to be able to do it all. And it's just incorrect. It's killing us. Um, and, I don't, and, and you're not going to get the right people to address it if we don't talk about it more. Um, that's one thing, but and the second thing that correlates with all of that that's happening to people, they're turning to drugs as well. Um, you know, it's just it's 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 available, and if it's something that helps them get through a moment or a time or or whatever. I think they think it's helping them get through it, but they they end up in the emergency room as well. So it's it's, it's just we know that it's just a maladaptive, um, you know, coping mechanism that's not that's not working. That that's not working. But yeah. those are the two things that that I see most um, of just the struggle of people believing they can do everything. Or they should be able to do it all. Yeah, they, they, those those are the two things that um, I've always seen, um, both professionally and now, person. Well, personally, then professionally, now personally again. But I think for me, based on what you said, um, it's still. Um, an issue of tradition when it comes to the stigma because we don't talk about mental health like we talk about high blood pressure and diabetes and heart problems. Um, And I, I think it holds equal weight because if a person's dealing with depression and they think that Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, take a vacation. I just need a vacation. Or right. I'm going to take a personal day and I'm going to go fishing. Or 
they'll come up with all these things to do, but there's, it's not really addressing the issue. And it's because we don't lump mental health care or mental health into the same um, physiological group that it is, that it belongs in, but has been separated from. Because no matter how much you think when it comes to, uh, like for me, I, I've got most of those things that are just named, right, except for the heart thing. But no matter how right. much I think about my, my blood sugar, it ain't going down just because I'm thinking or I want it to or I right. pray on it. I'm going to have to do right. something. And so I guess right. when we start thinking of it, of mental health the same way, be like, okay, this is a chemical imbalance. It's something you don't have any control over at a certain point. You, you don't have control over major depression or a right. mood disorder where you have these swings and it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, help you if you're hearing things that other people don't hear, see, feel, or smell um, to just say, oh, it's going to go away. You might need somebody to help you figure out if this is something deeper, and, and it needs to be addressed by a professional. Now, you don't have right. to tell folks. Now, you and I both know folks that have, HIV, um, right. but not everybody knows they have HIV, and right. that's okay. Not everybody needs to know you got depression, bipolar, or schizophrenia, but you, your doctor needs to know right? so that y'all right. can get on a plan. Everybody doesn't have to know you have it. So I don't know if, if that's the thing, but I think that's the big big thing with the stigma is that we, we treat mental health like it's a separate thing. It's not really health care. It's more, you know, uh, that is true. Uh, psyche is psychological. But really, right. you're talking about psychiatric, where you right. actually have a chemical problem, and it's not just the way you think. It's something going on beyond your control. Well, I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, I, I'll say two things about that. Um, people... Most okay. Most of the time, if someone is in a position where they are, what I we as clinicians consider them mentally ill. In other words, if I saw them, I would diagnose them with major major depression. Right? If nine times out of ten, those people are going to um, I don't know, like a better word to use it, they're going to end up seeing me regardless, because they cannot function. Those people um, don't have the ability to continue to function, whereas a person that is just having bad mental health at the time can probably continue to function a long way, a long way, a long time before they ever have a break, if you will. People mm-hmm. with serious mental illness, um, In my opinion, um, they can't, it can't. It's not going to be. You can't hide it. You just can't hide mm-hmm. it. And I and I understand what you're saying. I'm saying about we we think of mental health as something separate. We do. We think of, of it as well. I, when I go to my physical doctor to talk about diabetes, we're not going to talk about how I feel, which is incorrect. Which is something mm-hmm. that family doctors, PCPs, and all those kind of people have to help us change 
one of the things that I try to put out there is just because you don't have a mental health counselor or you don't know me or you don't see a psychiatrist, your doctor should be talking to you about your mental health. You shouldn't have a family doctor that you go see about your high blood pressure and they don't ask you how you feel. It shouldn't be that way. That's where it, that's where it starts. That's one of the places that it starts. I, mm-hmm. I will, I'll say that. Um, and I think it's problematic because it's not happening. That's for sure. Not in the doctor's offices. It's not happening as much as it should. Because if it was happening in the doctor's offices, the things that we see in the emergency room and and the amount of people that come through the emergency probably would not be that way. In, in other right. words, when they get to me, it's it's uh, beyond you know it's a crisis by then. Um, and if you're seeing a doctor for any reason for your physical health, things should be said about your mental health as well. And so. I totally agree with that. Um, I agree that we look at it separately. I think, like I said, doctors have to help us with that. And I think, you know, I, I'm going to try not to get into how the black church fits into all this as well. Um, Why not? What, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's an all-night conversation right there. Um, it is. It, it, indeed it is. Um, you know, that's uh, it, it, that's where most people go, black and white, to be honest. And um, you know, it's it's a place that mental health has to be talked about. Um, I, you I know, know you know what I found. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna say about it because here, okay. here's the thing with that. Um, I, I can't I can't even count now how many times when when I worked uh, crisis and. Um, was really heavily involved more so in a public way in the community that I would go to churches and have the talk with them. Um, It happened more often than I thought it would, but you want to know why it happened? It was only after one of their members or a member's family member committed suicide was successful with suicide. That was the only time the churches were like, you know what, we're going to get ahead of this and have a discussion. It was always reaction as opposed to being proactive when it came to to talking about mental health. And for for many years, I was like, hey, look, I have this whole presentation. I can tell people how they can find help. I can tell them, you know, where the access points are. I mean, hell, I held the gate uh, for, what, four years straight. I was one. Of, I was the gatekeeper at Continuity Care. Yeah. I could get you into the system with a press of a button. It wasn't that hard to do. Right. We had our, right. you know, whatever, but you can get in the system. If you know the right words yeah. to say, there's a little combination right. to the gate, but you can get in. Right. And, 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 you know. People would wait to be reactive as opposed to proactive, and that was the experience I had with with the churches. And I'm I know that there's places like what was it? It's Alpine Church of Christ. They had that whole mental health uh, clinic for right. therapy. That is, 
Um, but they had medical doctors there as well because they had a couple of ER doctors that were part of that uh, thing they had. And I think that some of the larger churches, uh, all white ones, none of the black ones, but the larger churches in the area, they had a ministry, if you will. And I call that a ministry right. because that is outreach. It isn't an auxiliary that helped people with mental health issues. Right. And, and I thought right. that was awesome. But, of course, yeah. when leadership changes, those things go away, just like in a lot of things. But, um, okay, so as, as we're at already almost at 830, you know, um, three-quarters of the way through the show, um, we're, we're ending this thing in, a, in another 15 minutes. If you guys have questions for Kim or I, uh, you can go to the Mental Health Corner page and leave a comment, or you can click into 515 515- Six zero five nine three seven five and call in and we'll get you on the show and you can talk to us and ask a question uh, before we get out of here. Um, but Kim, okay, if you had the magic wand of politics and money funding, what would you see or what would you do to impact mental health in the most helpful and positive way, um, knowing what you know now? Ooh, that's a hard one. Well, there are probably a number of things. I, <laughs> um, because um, in mental health, um, I also have been a teacher. I currently teach at Kilgore College. I would say that with the right, with money, with the right funding, like you said, and, and of course, the right people, um, for me, I would say start with children. We need to start in the school. Mental health needs to be in school. If we can start with the children, we can get to the parents. But it's not the other way around. I have found in research and just in work that I can't go to the parent to get through the, to the kid. And, and even getting to the parent doesn't mean that it's necessarily working for the household. I would say we need to start with the children. It needs to be in school. Um, as I would say as early as kindergarten, if not pre-K, um, Small, simple things, but but to me, with everything, it, it begins there. For me, that's those are my thoughts about it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's not any there's not anything that you would bring to the community if you like I said if you had that wand uh, of magic and and the money to do it with. There's not well, there's not anything that you would see. Well, well, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I was thinking about yes, 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 definitely. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I always wanted to really have my own clinic. If you wouldn't want to know the truth about it, um, uh-huh. that uh, every South Side or every whatever side of marginalized, oppressed uh, uh, people need their own clinic Mm -hmm. with people who look like them in the clinic, um, people who understand 
and it has, and of course, like you said, with the one, it would have to be that you know people would be able to come there um, without having to pay, and of course, maybe un- uninsured people. Um, that that mm-hmm. would definitely be uh, 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 that magical um, idea or thing um, that I think would be absolutely wonderful uh, to have. You know, with the um, right money, you know, or reallocating right. money as we call it these days, or you know, <laughs> right. however that could work. Yeah. You know, um, my good friend who's transition um Hazel Mooney. Yeah. And yes. uh my good friend who's transitioned, Demona DePriest, as oh, well man, as yes. Beverly Christopher. You know, we, we oh, all yeah. had a plan to do that. Um but you really? know uh they were all oh, yeah. The Cleaver the Cleaver um nursing home there on M L K um, not right. too far from you. Um, we, right. we we had an opportunity to get that building, and that's what we wanted to put there to provide that service. And hopefully, one day somebody will do that. What what you're what you're talking about? Because let me tell y'all something. The the biggest thing about um, us as a country um, feeling better, doing better, healing is to have an embrace. Uh, our cultures, um, no matter how much you want to say about a country, there are countries that dictate what the culture is. And we as the United States have started to become that way, but our roots, our rudimentary, um, the essence of what we are is a whole bunch of different cultures. And if we don't have... Uh, the type of, uh, I guess, help that comes from understanding us. I don't know how many times I was working in the clinic and I heard my name called over the phone to come help with somebody, and it was mostly because they didn't know how to communicate with them. I, I can't, I can't even think, you know, and and that's that's the thing. Um, and for those people who are listening that are out there that are like, you know, I just don't – there are people that that hear you, that understand, okay, yes, I understand all these other issues. I truly do. But you're going to have to go through this process just like everybody else because this right. is the only option we have for you. So right. sit your ass down and give me a minute, and we're going to get you some help. Before you leave here today, um, right, right? I just think that's I, I just think that's necessary. You know, I, I can I I agree wholeheartedly, um, and um, and I often have to talk that way. <laughs> um, I often have to say, you know, you can leave if you want to leave, but you're gonna miss the opportunity to get what you need. Um, and what's the point of you leaving when you know you're going to end up back in here? Sit down, like you said, give me an opportunity to help you, um, and we can at least get you in this system and you're going, and when you get in the system, do what the people tell you and go to your appointment when you get in the yeah. system. 
Um, yep. But that is definitely you, you definitely do have to talk to Some people A, a type of way To get them to understand uh, What they need to do And how it, it operates And in other words again it goes back to what you said earlier About trust I'm not going to lead you wrong And it's no Magic something I hear that I know about That you don't know about If I know about mm-hmm. it you know about it But if I don't know mm-hmm. about it it ain't, it's probably not there. It, it's not. And, and people, one thing we get that a lot, like, y'all could t- do this for me or that for me, or y'all, like, no, we can't. It's, mm-hmm. There are things that we don't have the ability to do. Um, and, and like I said, it, it's not magic um, out there. But if, if, if um, I, I will say this before we get out of here, talking about politics and money, you know, I hope that people start to think of mental health when they're going to vote or when they're looking at mm. people who they want to vote for um, because there are tons of people who come to the emergency room who look at me uh-huh. for a miracle when I can definitely tell you they didn't vote for anybody who cared about their, their mental health or their loved one's mental health. But they want a miracle when they come in that emergency room. Think about those things <laughs> when you go into the post. And and I'll leave that at that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on that. I'm gonna put some stank on it. Um <laughs> if you were to actually study just just a little bit, learn about traits and characteristics that that are able to categorize um, diagnoses, you'll have a better understanding about what you see in people you love and people that you're trying to learn to love. Because right. if if you had, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a second, maybe third level understanding of diagnosis when it comes to personality disorder, you would know that there was a person that was in the White House recently that fits the bill for some serious personality disorders, and you would not have voted for them because you would have known or you would understand how they operate so you'd see, hey, they're just doing how they are. They're just acting out how they are. How they are. Yeah, and I say that because here's, here's another thing. I, it, it makes me cringe, but I guess you only cringe when you know mental health or you know diagnosis. When people say, "Oh, I'm just being antisocial today," um, antisocial doesn't mean what you think it means. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it, it gets nitpicky. I'm sure there's a cardiac specialist somewhere that says, uh, "Stop saying heart heart attack." It's uh, what do they call it? Um, oh man, I uh, know what's it's got. What's that word for? Infarction. Not, yeah, 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 that's it. It's infarction. Yeah, that's what that is. That way, and that, that's not what that is. Okay, and, and that other one is this. You know, and then oh, you can't breathe. Yeah, well, yeah, your your lungs seized up. That's that's not you can't breathe. That's a pulmonary embolism. You know. It's like that, and I think that we have to start looking at what we're seeing 
for what it is instead of what we think it is, and I think that'll right. help us too, Kim. Yeah, absolutely. And we and we do we, we we have to tell the truth. Even I mean, we definitely have to tell the truth now because there's so much incorrect information about a lot of things, particularly mental health. But there's so much wrong information out there. It's 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 so hard for us to try to combat it with the truth. But we definitely have to tell the truth about it. Yeah, and, and, and people need to understand. You got pages like Kim's, the Mental Health Corner. Okay, you can't say you don't know. I'm sure if you didn't want to just make a comment on our page, you could inbox the Mental Health Corner, and I'm sure you would find out in East Texas where you could go or what options you might have. It might not be what you want it to be because you heard that you were just going to go to ETMC or you were just going to get invited to this hospital here. No, boo-boo, you, you don't have any insurance. You can't afford to swing that. that even the state hospital, y'all, if you right. had to self-pay, it's $750 used to, used to be. It's close right. to $1,000 for your first day and three to $500 right. each additional day just to stay in the state. Stay and in. guess what? Right. Somebody's footing that bill. It ain't free. Exactly. So exactly. if, if the state hospital costs that much, these these private facilities that you think you can get in, you might be talking $30,000 for a 15-day stay. Right. Um, it's just Definitely. that real out here. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got to keep it real with them. You, you, you can't Definitely. get around that. So let's try this outpatient. Uh, <laughs> come, 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 on, come on over here to this clinic. <laughs> Couple times a week, so we can <laughs> work through this. It's um, it's very real. Now we got a couple more minutes, but Kim, this is what I want to talk about. You mentioned okay. the drugs, and I think the drug thing leads into another thing, and that's the criminal justice system. Um, oh, I, I'm going to ask you now. This might be a trivia question that you don't know. Um, do you know what facility in the state of Texas houses the most mental health patients? Uh, in, in the state of Texas, no, I, I don't know the answer to that. Harris County so, Jail. Harris did, County you know Jail. In, <laughs> you knew that. In, in Houston, Texas, <laughs> Harris County Harris Jail, County Jail shares Rusk Hospital with us. They send a bus every Monday from Houston to pick up a whole Greyhound bus full of people and drop off a whole Greyhound bus full of people. And the Harris you know County what? Jail has its own, what, 16, they got 16, uh, they had 16 psychiatrists on staff and I think 30 LPCs and I don't know how many LMS and um, LCSWs on staff just for the jail system. So this is, I extended a little bit to go past. Uh, 45, but this is what I wanted to ask you about, just giving you that little tidbit of fact. Um, okay. The criminal justice system and mental health, um, what, what's, what, do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I don't know if you ever had any thoughts on it about how that works. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just be frank about it. I, I don't think it does. I don't think, it, I don't think it's currently 
working for most people. I'll put it that way. Um, right. I mean, of course, we work alongside our uh, uh, Grant County, you know. Um, there are plenty of people in Grant County with mental health issues. Uh, they bring them to the emergency room. You know how it goes. Um, and it's just, it's very difficult for me to answer because I don't know, I don't know what the bridge is. I guess if that makes any sense. Like, I don't, I don't know how we as an entity, the mental health authority or any other mental health, whatever, can be better or better equipped or how the criminal justice system can be better equipped to help people and not allow them to be in a jail cell when they need to be in a mental health hospital. Now, I want to be clear about this. Not everybody in the jail cell deserves, I shouldn't say deserves, that's not the right word. Not everybody in the jail cell is going to be able to be in a mental health hospital. But there are some in those jail cells that are there because their mental illness, they did something because of the mental illness. And I don't mean something egregious such as a murder or things like that. I mean, maybe they stole right. a car or went on a joyride. You know what I mean? Trust where they need to be them. instead of allowing them to disintegrate in that jail cell. I, so I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that, but it it, it, it doesn't work. It, it does not. Right, right. Um, I, I was able to be a part of some efforts before my exit from the mental health system to help curve that. Um, and I was so glad that my ideas and plans came to fruition and really helped people. I think um, when I left, I had since 20, 2009, when we started it, we had served and helped I think it was about 500 to 700, I can't remember the number, though, people um, in just Gregg County and established a mental health court and veterans treatment court. Um, there, right. there are some things that alleviate it, but you still have the fact that these folks get arrested as opposed to getting diverted to the health that they need. Um, some places have special uh programs for prostitutes. They got special programs for um, homeless. They got special programs for all the populations that would, you know, need help in the system where they divert them to mental health or these other areas of treatment um, that are some psychiatric but some psychological to detract from filling up the jails and the prisons with people with issues that they ordinarily wouldn't have even perpetrated if they were stable um, right. mental health-wise. And, you know, people don't, people don't see it that way, but when you start filling up the jails with these people, let me give you all of this. And Kim, Kim can back this up. You probably know better than I do now because I've been out of it almost three years. But if you were to treat a person in jail with psychotropic medication for, I'm going to say some midline, let's say something for bipolar, you might be looking at seven hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. Would you guess, Kim, for medication a month? I don't. I don't know. Oh. What do you think? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And 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 us as individuals, 
we're footing that bill because it's tax dollars uh, that's paying for it. Trust me, it's right. much cheaper to get them out of there. And then that's not even the cost of them being in jail each day. That's a whole other cost. I was just talking about the medicine. You you might be spending two to $3,000 on a person that's sitting in jail with a mental health issue that could otherwise, you know, be in community supervision. But, um, yeah, and then let's, let's, let's go before we get out of here. I added some time, like I said. I want to go back to the drug issue that you brought up as one of the two key things you saw coming your way as issues for, for people that are um, in need of acute-level services. Um, a lot of people call it now because they learn the term self-medicate, but we know that there are some people that are just flat-out addicts, and they're not really wanting to get help, but they, they need a place to stay or they need to do something different for a little while with their drug habit. Um, right. <laughs> I, what do you think is the impact of drug abuse, not just drug use, drug abuse, um, on taking its toll in the mental health system. Oh my. Um. Yeah, okay. Let's start off with a percentage. How many people did, would you guess come through the mental health system, but they really their primary is probably a substance abuse issue? What percentage oh, do you God. start off with? Ooh. <laughs> I'm not good at math. I don't know the answer. Uh, Brandon, to be honest, I, I, probably fifty percent. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Or I hate, I hate to say. I mean, and and you know, here's the thing about it: um, psychiatrists, and this is something that, as I'm learning, uh, as I'm finishing up my LCSW right now and studying and all that, like, that I'm not really. Uh, on to the giving people diagnoses like schizophrenia when you know they're methamphetamine addicts. Yeah, that I don't I don't understand that yet. I don't know, I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of it. You, 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 people don't people I think underestimate the toll because we like to think, especially me, I I I, I think liberally. I'm not saying I'm a Democrat or a Republican. I don't really affiliate with them, but I am more progressive and more liberal than anything. But I understand this, that you using meth and you you drinking, you know, a a pint to a fifth of liquor a day, and then you talk about you seeing little green creatures. Um, yes. <laughs> and then now you get diagnosed with schizophrenia, and now we're treating you. And you ain't bit more taking this medicine that, that folks is paying for on your behalf. Um, you need your ass whooped. And, and that's, that's just what it is. You need your ass whooped. And, you know, at one point they were really strict on you not being able to get a diagnosis or even come to a facility on drugs high. But these folks uh, now... It's, it's the high is so common. Coming in yeah. with drugs in your system is so common. They just are it's trying to uh, truck them for, through, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and every everybody day. ain't self-medicated, you know. Everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's putting a, a strain on the emergency room and the medical system as well. So, because yeah. you just, 
sitting up in an emergency room because you're hearing and seeing stuff. Right, right. And now personally, I don't have an issue with cannabis. I've always, and I still am, well, not always. One time I was too totally, but but now I've still been the last 10 years or so working uh, to pass laws to decriminalize it um, here in Texas. And we're on the way. It, it, it's, it's slowly but surely getting there. But but I agree. but cocaine, especially crack and methamphetamines, and especially this abuse of these pills. These folks on these pills are out of hand. These Percocets. Yeah. I was telling some of this story. Tim, I'm gonna share it with y'all real quick. I had one client. Um, one time, he 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 liked those uh, Xanax, and some kind of way he was able to get like. 160 of them a month online, and he overdosed mm. on them quite often, right? One time he mm-hmm. overdosed, and then he cut his penis off, fell asleep, and his mom found him with his penis laying next to him with some scissors, and, of course, they couldn't attach it because it was detached too long, and he lived really? the last few years of his life with no penis, and he eventually died from overdosing um, accidentally. On on uh, benzos, people sleep on how impactful even the prescription yeah. drug abuse is right. on on people, and it it taxes the system. All those ER yeah. visits and you know EMS coming out there. I'd hate to be the person yeah. to come out and keep the dude up off the floor with with his penis laying over there on the on the on the tile oh. and blood. Hey, you're there. Me. But but it happens, you know and. Yeah, so people need to focus also on impacting drug abuse and not just the prescriptions, which they lean towards a certain culture at helping, but all these other ones that you find in, you said it, disproportionate, marginalized, um, underserved, undertreated Mm -hmm. communities, you know. But leave that weed alone. Leave that cannabis alone. Leave it alone. Let them folks (laughs) smoke that weed. We'd have a lot less Please people, live. I think, in treatment if they smoke more weed, Kill, I think. Take that anxiety off you. All that is a little anxiety. Ain't that wrong with you? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to get you in no trouble, but I told you I speak my mind. But anyway, we to get off here. Kim, you got the last words. Y'all, this is Gumbo Talk in the Mental Health Corner. Brandon Johnson, I'm out. Kim King with the Mental Health Corner, you got final words. Uh, thank you all for joining. Uh, please, please, please. Follow our pages. Follow me on Instagram at the Mental Health Corner. Follow me on Facebook at the Mental Health Corner. Information. It's free. It's free. <laughs> Read it. Uh, if you have any questions, inbox me. Uh, I'm available to help. And and confidential is confidential. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. I'm always glad to talk to you. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.